Or they could just send us stuff. That'd be fine. You should really do this. You should hashtag and at. Hey, you're the one who just got I'm on Twitter now. Um, but I'm not going to. I don't have a podcast. You do. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Bob. You have a podcast. You carry a lot of weight on the internet. People will respond to you. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that would like to remind everyone that freedom of conscience, freedom of thought, the freedom to believe the things that your own mind has reasoned or decided or simply been led to by forces well beyond your control, the freedom to follow your own attention and interests wherever they might lead. This is a freedom so inextricable from the individual that not only can it not be taken away, it can't even be given away willingly or unwillingly. The content of your consciousness is literally unalienable. It cannot be taken away or denied by yourself or anyone else. The fact of the non-transferability of the ownership of your mind and thoughts is not negated by the fact that intuitions and ideas and feelings seem to enter the consciousness at random beyond your control. Rather, the fact that these unchosen occurrences are happening to you, the discrete human individual, and to no one else, makes you your own. The content of your consciousness is inseparable from you as you experience the world. It is the water you swim in, the air you breathe, the only tool at your disposal for making sense of the world, a tool that you can wield as you see fit. It is true that we are floating in a vast ocean subject to forces we cannot see nor control. It is also true that we hold an oar, an oar that cannot be taken from us any more than we could choose to drop it. From this fact proceeds the right to express the content of that consciousness as you see fit. The United States Constitution helpfully points out a few of the ways that government must not be permitted to infringe on those expressions, whether in speech or in the press or gathering with others. But to understand these liberties strictly in terms of what the government is dispermitted from legally doing is to dramatically limit the scope of these freedoms, is to accept an impoverished definition of what it is to be in the world, of what it is to be human. It is an indispensable civic exercise, to be sure, to tell would-be government tyrants that they have no business messing with your freedom to express yourself. But tyranny knows many shapes, comes in many flavors, can be institutionalized far beyond the structures of the official ruling government class, and it is just as crucial to human flourishing that we not surrender the freedoms that proceed from the fact of our consciousness, speech, opinion, belief, expression, to anyone else, or ask that anyone else do the dirty work of stamping out the expression of people whose thoughts and words we don't like. The instinct to shut someone else up, someone who has hurt your feelings or offended your beliefs, is perfectly natural and comprehensible and can even seem sensible, but it must be fought. Freedom of expression isn't just important to a civil, livable society. It is the entirety of the enterprise. It is the whole entire thing wrapped up in one simple, fundamental, and foundational truth. We must be free to express the content of our own minds. Without it, we have nothing. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too. How you doing, Lori? All right. Lori's all right. Tonight is Wednesday, August 17th, 
2022. Please, Abe, forgive yes. the highly sincere preachy bullshit that started <laughs> the show tonight. Seriously, I don't. I can't forgive that. <laughs> but I didn't know. Uh, well, to. I just didn't have time to make it fun and cute and funny and include all of the relevant uh, like YouTube clip drops that would have made it much more tolerable, as it were. Right. I guess it bears repeating. It shouldn't, uh, but it, it's a good point to make uh, every now and again, especially after um, what happened to What's-His-Face uh, the other day. Salman Rushdie. We'll get to him yeah. in a minute. We just got back from a, a vacation that we took. Nice long beach vacation. You know what I discovered? What's that? About uh, humans this week. I'm always just discovering things about humans (laughs) when I go out in the world. Maybe if you remembered stuff better, you wouldn't be discovering things so much. I much prefer my method where everything is, as as a newborn babe, new to me (laughs) in the world constantly. It's just a feeling of discovery and 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 revealed genius every time i wake up it's fantastic back in the uh back in the day uh nbc uh used to have this gimmick where they would say it's new to you like they would run reruns during the summer of their program i remember that new to you yeah so new to me is this uh i'm sure that i learn this lesson every time that i go to the beach but one cannot underestimate the extent to which the average human being, or at least the average human being who goes to the beach, is a natural and disgusting exhibitionist. <laughs> and not not just the ones who you would imagine would be proud to be exhibiting themselves in such a fashion, but but just just all manner of of floppy and flabby and and off-colored humanity just willingly out in the in the open for all eyes to but see. But why is that exhibitionism? That's just right. how we're made. Also, it's clothes that are weird. What makes it that, Bob? Is it there are they like throwing the ball around, like doing the little sandcastle? Like is any activity proof positive that someone is an exhibitionist or are they like No, not any activity, Instagram but the, pictures? the fact of well, yes, that Obviously, the fact that you walk down, we walk down the beach, and you see no fewer than half a dozen people posing for the Instagram shot that their friends are taking. There's lots of like looking natural walking into the ocean slowly (laughs) with a camera (laughs) shooting you. It's weird. By the way, all of those pictures, they look great when you see it on the other side, like on the internet in the internet world, but it looks so weird when you actually witness it live yeah, it's very like, weird it's like it's completely what the fuck absurd is to be to be yeah. hearing the director of the shot who's directing the star of the show and yeah. like for the star of the show's benefit right because it's not going on the direct the person taking the photo isn't posting it to their instagram it's right, exactly going yeah. on that other person's right social media it's like no if, no just stay there and look keep looking no don't turn around <laughs> just keep look uh Fling the hair off of your shoulder, so and then tilt your head back, so because your hair's sticking to your back now. If you tilt your head back, it'll be like it's flowing more. Like, oh come on, people, you fucking maniacs! What are you doing? And and the hashtags are likely going to be like something along the lines of like laid back and relaxed and vacation time, even though they're spending an inordinate amount of time. Hashtag bliss. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) a lot of fucking bliss here on the crowded beach as your friend gives you. 
45 seconds of straight uh, scene direction. Fucking weirdos. <laughs> anyway, but it's not just... Bob's just fat shaming is what he's I'm doing. I'm not just fat shaming. It's So, first of all, I had a story idea while I was out there, which is that you could convince somebody to do mass murder simply... <laughs> I didn't think I was going to go here today, but you could easily create a, a mass murderer, you know, the, the type who goes into a movie theater who believe, because he believes that all of the other humans on the planet are non-playable characters. And that right. You're, you, you know, imagine, imagine that you're the protagonist of the video game, as, uh, as a moment with Mike might suggest, right. uh, and that everyone else is just there for your amusement. Uh, if like cuz there are only so many types of of person there walking the boardwalk or or hanging out on the beach and i noticed one of them this this past week there were a lot of this pairing of like frumpy dumpy middle-aged guy with All right sort of i mean i don't want to get into like uh, uh determining Uh-oh. how like like Aid knows. listing how hot Aid knows a person is going. or or like uh, determining one's relative attractiveness on some sort of numerical scale that's disgusting obviously but like but you're saying the front, beauty was uh asymmetrical somehow like it was it's like, not even asymmetrical i mean what, what was asymmetrical is the age and and the relative fitness but not necessarily all right, let's just say it as disgustingly as possible. Let's say it's like a 50-year-old eight right. and yeah. like a 28-year-old four. Right. right. Is it pretty also, I didn't a... witness this. I'm just right. talking like you're talking. with Right. No, that's, that's what you do sometimes. Communicate that's... as the crumb flies. But uh, is it prejudicial of me to, to just assume that it's a rich person that's on the older side so i think that if it was an actually rich person she the younger lady would be hotter and what what it is instead just really charming and smart it's a moderately well-off middle-aged man with disposable income who can provide an entertaining week or weekend or night at the beach in exchange for the company of Someone who is like clearly not of his generation, nor who normally you would expect them to be socializing in any meaningful way. And are you able to exclude all other possibilities? It's not a family member. It's not a friend. It's not a. This is some sort of romantic. How often is your hand (laughs) down the back of the swimsuit of your family member? Don't answer that. Of of not of not the same generation. Whilst I w- walking um, <laughs> down the boardwalk at 7.45 don't have to answer that. on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> to be fair, I wasn't there. I'm asking questions here. <laughs> Just ruling that possibility out. So it's definitely right. a, a romantic pairing. Well, I wouldn't use the word romantic. I would, uh, or it's, it's an arrangement of a certain kind. A mutually kind. beneficial arrangement? Uh, yeah, well. sure. Mutually. Anyway, so that's one type of non-playable character. And like I, as I'm seeing this, I can imagine the video game, like the, the kid who's like seeding the Matrix or whatever, like clicking on fat, frumpy guy and then <laughs> clicking on like moderately attractive 24-year-old girl who like 
she wasn't considered hot in high school, but like oh, like boy. all kids who were sort of awkward looking in high school, you sort of grow up and it's like, oh, that's a normal looking human being at least, right? So yeah. like the hottest people in high school, they tend to re they they regress to the mean in the same right. way that like the very average to truly weird looking human beings that you grew up with. Right. Also, advance to the mean in right. in important ways. And Everybody so, gravitates to the center wherever you you start. And right. Up there. And so these are two people who had they been had they grown up together, like if uh, the the vagaries of time didn't exist, and instead of the thirty five year old age gap, they they had actually come up together. One can imagine that they would have been dating, or like if they weren't weird, awkward. 16 year olds or what have you like they, right. the the pairing makes some sense it's just that because there's such a huge disparity in age that it 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 gets strange looking and they don't look like and because you can repeat this you go half a block and there's two more couples of this arrangement and you go another half a block and there's two more couples of Wait, this arrangement in this one trip there were Frequent occurrences of the right, same. So this is a setup? very busy part of the New Jersey Shore. It's I'm Asbury not denying Park. what Bob is saying, but I did okay. not notice it one time. <laughs> even when I pointed it out, even as it yeah. as I pointed at, you didn't even see it. You didn't point it out. You just that's said true. It. I I didn't point because I'm not going to be walking down the boardwalk and be like, hey, those two people we just passed. <laughs> yeah, but like, right. I'm not denying that it was there. I'm just saying right. I didn't notice it once. Right. And so you combine that sort of character who's populating this simulation with, like, the wild group, like, the, 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 the teens that pass by. There's going to be a, the teens a gaggle. teens were so fucking great. A gaggle of teens the that teens pass by. The teens were having such a good time. And then you... And then you go another block and a half, and it's like, oh, there's another gaggle of teens. It's like, who's who's seeding this universe? This is not believable any longer. <laughs> and you could easily convince a socially inept and angry weirdo that he should probably take his weapon out to the beach and and do some damage because none of it is real anyway well perhaps we should not do that then no yeah you don't want to do that <laughs> no those are all rich and uh and actual human beings with with full internal lives that are completely deserving of continuing to go on but there's no doubt about back that. to your point People go to the beach and they don't wear very many clothes. Oh, they wear right. so few clothes. And but it's like, the really whole point? nice. It's yeah, it is. Bob's weird about it. Cause like for some reason, we all decided that when you're at the beach, it doesn't matter what you look like, you just are and yeah. you just have to cover the naughty bits. Right. You're in somewhere yeah. between like ten percent as much clothing as normal to fifty percent as much clothing right. as normal. It's lovely. Right. And it's fun. Now, I'm not. There's just I. I do not leave my deep-seated personal feelings of shame and disgust at my own body uh, at the at the condo door when I walk out towards the beach. That's still in me. So you're goddamn right. I'm I'm keeping a shirt on out there. I don't like. And and like part of it is that uh, I'm not that I'm like uh, a never nude. This is not a, a <laughs> Tobias Funke situation yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But I just don't want it. like even if like I just I can't even really imagine a situation in which I'm like ripped like like I just I'm just cut as fuck right. and I and I look great and I'm just walking around in like a speedo like that's just not for me I I just cannot get behind that no matter what I no matter how proud of my body I might be I don't think that I would be doing that 
was there, so you're saying you're like some Jason Momoa type, you would be all clothed. Yeah. Uh, and also, was there one person, one person wearing a uh, Speedo? There was one could, person. Oh, there were many people wearing I Speedos. I saw one person. This is a very, I mean, not that, not oh. that all gays wear Speedos oh, or that boy. someone wearing a Speedo is necessarily today. gay. However, there's a lot it, of gay people. There's there. a lot of gay people in this town, in this area where we were. It's just a fact. There's a lot of lesbians. There's a lot of uh, older women together. It's people with money. Sure, yeah. it's a lot. Right, that's the thing about going to the beach. A lot of them, unless you're, you know, like a young, plenty of young families travel. They don't have a lot of money, but also, people who like hang out at the beach a bunch are going to have disposable income in some way, and so yeah, right, are single or childless and. That's a disproportionate number of, of gay people. But whatever. It's not the point. Uh, the point I, is, you feel weird with your shirt off, so you're saying everyone else is weird for right. not feeling weird with their shirts off. No, all I'm saying is that it reveals that there's a that, the, that you're right. That the, apparently the thing that we do that's weird is that we wear fucking clothes all the time because there are so many people who are wildly comfortable with just... They're, literally, their whole ass being just like there goes an entire butt. It's true. There was lots of butts. There were, there were so many. Just Girls are working hard on their butts. Entire butts, and like that's just weird to me. And it like because it's weird enough to me when the girls started wearing like the the rompers. And like you could see the bottoms of their butts oftentimes oh, yeah. when the when they would go out at night, or they'd wear the extraordinary like at least with the Lululemon the the stretchy pants that everybody wears, everything's still covered. Like right. it doesn't leave anything to the imagination, but all of the parts are covered at least, right? right. But when the right. butts when the the bottom ass cleavage became a thing a few years ago, like that to me that's just fuck. Like I'm not objecting if the if if the sunset is beautiful, I'm not going to be mad at. It, right? right but like the fact of the matter is it's fucking weird that you're walking around with your whole ass out and i guess like part of it is just it, it shouldn't be surprising because like mark zuckerberg and his ilk have made a fucking killing on the natural inclination of the of the average human to just sheer and humiliating exhibitionism uh and so like seeing it revealed at the beach obviously shouldn't surprise anyone but whatever, it, it's still, it but, can be uh, daunting to me to have to experience it all for an extended do you not, period of time. Do you not uh, consider it from their point of view? Because I do wonder, like, everywhere you go, it's catered to you, Bob. You know, the clothing is uh, very important in every setting. If you go to a restaurant, you can't even be walking around half naked. Most places, you have to wear some clothing. And one of the, like, socially acceptable settings for just bearing mostly all is the beach. And so like you you know people gravitate towards that and and you can't do that in the winter cuz it's too cold. So it's a very small window. I mean it's going it's a bigger window now with uh, the weather changing, but like, you know, you have people who want to undress and this is their one opportunity to do so. Yeah. It's hard to do and that I, at dinner. I'm, I'm simply an impassive and uh, unconcerned observer and reporter of this phenomenon. I'm not <laughs> No I'm judgment here. It sounded <laughs> like a lot of judgment There's when you no started judgment. out. I, okay. I dare you to find any actual judgment there. All the judgment is happening in your minds, not mine. Thank <laughs> as, you very uh, much. As always. <laughs> anyway, beach was great. Kids had fun. That's all that matters. Got to see my sister. Got to see my aunt. 
Your and mother? Of, yeah, I was naming the people that we wouldn't necessarily have seen. Okay. We stayed with my mother. It was brother. good. And my grandmother and my brother, Jesse. It's all a very good time for all involved. It was. We had a very nice time. What about you, Abe? Anything exciting happened in your life the last week? Nah, nothing exciting. I uh, I went to see a lot of movies uh, last week. Just no, we'll lot. get to that. Yeah, get to that later. Other than that, nothing for me. I did become... I, I largely avoided the news over the last week since we I mean, we didn't, as we will explain later, we didn't watch a single goddamn thing uh, all week long on the television. And I mostly avoided the constant scrolling. I even, I left my phone at the condo. I didn't take the phone out onto the, onto the beach at all. Just brought a book or two. What, uh, of, what'd you read? I was reading uh, Philip K. Dick, a collection of Philip K. Dick short stories. And I was also working on that book by uh, Václav Smil about how uh, nobody understands the actual mechanics of how the world really works. I didn't finish that one yet still, but yeah. the, the PKD stories were good. And it has reinvigorating my, reinvigorated my desire to do like a, another podcast where I just talk about PKD stuff all the time because I then went out in search of PKD podcast content and found it severely wanting. The one that I, <laughs> the one that I listened to is, I mean... Far be it for me to criticize any two dopes hanging out and talking <laughs> about culture and media, uh, but this was just like any two dopes talking about about uh, PKD without offering any particularly unique or interesting insight. Like there's not to toot my own horn here, but there's more goddamn unique and interesting insight in one paragraph of my review of the PKD show from a few years ago than these guys were able to pull off in an hour of talking about I mean they ended up like they weren't even talking about the story they started talking about like Russia and Putin like well, oh. what the fuck's the matter with you guy why do you get <laughs> off talking about current events when no I'm here no discipline to... right? right no discipline whereas I know all about that obviously yeah you're very good at that can you start your show now oh uh, we've been going for 20 minutes or something here it's good <laughs> great content anyway so maybe I'll get around to that and, and start a PKD podcast on my own. Anyway, uh, didn't get a job instead. I could, or you know, we could sell blanket commercial that, that towel, maybe. Fantastic <laughs> idea! Let's do it. That that towel that you like so much, we could you'd sell ad space to the towel people. Into it. Anyway, didn't follow the news very much, but I did become preoccupied with. One story, which was the the Salman Rushdie stabbing, and I I followed that closely, or as closely as I could for a couple of days. I'm sure that you've at least seen the headlines out there in the world, but we will briefly summarize. Rushdie was in uh, New York, western New York, in some town whose name I will decide not to attempt to pronounce here today. And he was scheduled to give a talk at this, they do like a summer literary series. Other writers have uh, given similar talks in the past. It's just, you know, old people with disposable income pay money to watch famous literary types uh, give lectures or be interviewed on a stage. 
you know, sort of thing. Enhances culture. It makes you feel better about being in the world, that sort of thing. And they were settling in for a nice hour with Salman Rushdie, who is the author most famously of The Satanic Verses, which came out in 1988. When a young man, 24-year-old man from Bergen County, New Jersey, Fairview, New Jersey, which is where I grew up, I grew up uh, in Montvale, but 20 minutes or so from this place, also in North Bergen, New Jersey, leaped onto the stage, wielding a knife, and stabbed, got extremely stabby with uh-huh. Salman Rushdie. Stabbed him 10 or 11 times, including in the liver and in the eye uh, and other places. And apparently expected, he thought, that he'd done the job. I mean, uh, 10 or 11 Anybody no, would expect that. No, the prisoners death. get stabbed like 50 times. Yeah, but they don't. They get stabbed with like a, a bullshit shank that was made out right. of a toothbrush, not, not also, out of an actual knife. And also, the guy is 75, right? So that should help along. Yeah. Do you are you privy to any of the like the shanking conventions? Like you you need to get because is there is there a chart that's, that's like. If if you're 75, 10 or 11 will do the trick. Like but dog if, years. Right. If you're a more virile, uh, like 40-year-old, then you need to get him like 17 to 20 times. Stabbing is, is really... That in, is that in any it, of the literature? If I could no, be no. as disgusting about uh, my racism as possible here? There, there's no lit- literature. Like, stabbing is a volumes How business. How is this a and racist thing? I was asking Abe if he was, because of the nature of his background, he was familiar with any of the... Now, I come from a I very stab-friendly people. Shanks. But usually, the thing with stabbing is that you only have a very limited opportunity to do all your stabbing, somebody's going to come. Because unlike guns, people don't run away. For some reason, people will, gr- like, hey, stop stabbing that person, and, and they'll tackle <laughs> you, right? Right. So you only have so many stabs in you before it's over. I'm surprised he got 10. That's impressive. Yeah. So he was tackled. He was, he, the guy also, I suppose the, the guy who was leading the panel also was injured in the attack, like stabbed in the arm or something, attempting to stop this thing from happening. There was a, the only security, I think, was, there's like one security guard there, uh, probably an off-duty cop of some sort, and he eventually helped save the day by kneeling on this guy and and stopping the attack. Rushdie, it didn't, wasn't looking great there at first. He was airlifted via helicopter to the hospital, and it wasn't clear whether or not he was going to survive. He's in critical condition, and then a couple of days later, we get word that he's on the road to recovery not that it will be easy but he's talking he's conscious he's talking and he's going to make it for the time being which is of course good news the backstory here which will be familiar to anyone who knows anything about this i suppose but salman rushdie wrote this book the satanic verses in 1988 in 1989 the Iran, who's a, a, a big whoop-de-doo in the Khomeini. Muslim religion because it's a well, theocratic state. The Shiite Muslims, not the other Muslims, but yes. Ah, far be it from me to <laughs> <laughs> smirch all of Islam, obviously. But he issued a fatwa, which is essentially a religiously ordered assassination of Rushdie, and he backed it up with... Uh, a cash prize if right. 
to whoever actually came through with it and, and did the job. So it's he like a holy like bounty, mo- right? Right, like a, a holy right. bounty on... I say, like a bounty hunter. His life. It was up to something like $3.2 million or something wow. as of... Why? Why? Now. What's the problem? So in the book, Rushdie describes... Now, I've not read the book, actually. I have it. I have it right here. Uh-huh. I bought this some many years ago after I read uh, Christopher Hitchens discussing uh, Salman Rushdie's problems with the Iranian regime and with Shiite Islam. Uh, but I haven't gotten around to reading it yet. And uh, just if there's any question, I'm going to read it now, uh, like in the <laughs> next couple yeah. of weeks. And I, I demand that we do a content ma episode about Ooh, the satanic fun, fun, verses. Fun. So, Abe, yeah. you have to put it on your list because you have some homework to do. All right. I see my library has it. It's uh, in excess of 550 or so pages. And it's you have two weeks. Go. That's right. You have to read it very soon. Uh, anyway, apparently in the book, one of the characters has some dreams and weird visions about whether or not all of the parts of the Quran actually check out, right? And so it's, it, it is a blasphemy in that way, that there's some questioning of the official narrative as handed down to the Prophet Muhammad, who would then, of course, in turn, hand it down to uh, the, the rest of the followers. Right. And bec- because that was regarded as a blasphemy, uh, the the fatwa was issued. And Now, uh, I didn't read the book either. I'll get around to reading it uh, when we do this book club thing. But from what I heard, it was basically the, the, the concept of the, the book was, you know, the 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 Quran has a bunch of like verses about you know hey don't do this stab that person you know good, you know wholesome stuff right and there were some that were less than good and uh, they were cut out from the final uh, product and this book would basically talk speaking to those that didn't make the cut the verses that were like less than uh, wholesome. Right, the Is verses that, that were whispered in the prophet's ear by right. the devil rather than by God himself, right? Right, right. And so what happened in 1989 is that a good portion of Western civilized society said, this is very bad that this fatwa has been issued and that Rushdie's life is now in danger. And it wasn't just Rushdie's life. It was anybody associated with the publication of this work and so blood has been spilled over this book as a result of this pro- proclamation by the president of and supreme leader of Iran, who then, like, fucking died just a few months later. Yeah, right? Yeah. And because, I mean, apparently you can't, you cannot cancel a fatwa uh, that was issued by someone else. It's not like, it's not like cool Pope too. Like, in the Catholic religion, cool Pope too could be like, ah, it's... I'm infallible, and that last guy, even though he was infallible, we're going to use my infallibility to supersede his infallibility. So that was actually bullshit, and this is the new right. law of the land. I guess that doesn't exist no. uh, <laughs> over in Islam, where this guy said that Salman Rushdie needs to be assassinated, and then he died, and nobody's allowed to fucking take it back, Right. Uh, which By is the way, a real bummer. 
it should be noted that there isn't any uh, 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 interest in taking it back, right? Because w- weren't some uh, Iranian officials kind of like gleeful at the news? Like, that, like right. uh, he there brought were, it on himself? Right. He, I believe the phrase was he brought it on himself, yes. That, right. Uh, the foreign minister of Iran. Uh, and actually, uh, and you spoke to about the blood has already been spilled. Weren't there like publishers in other countries or other types yeah, I think who it were was killed? The, the, a person who translated it into Japanese was yeah. uh, murdered via knife, st- you know, stabby stab. And yep. I think one of the, maybe somebody in Denmark or something yeah, like that. Something anyway, in Europe, yeah. Something in Europe. And, somebody yeah, got yeah. stabbed but survived. And Rushdie, in the immediate aftermath of this, issued sort of an apology that he would go on to later regret in part no doubt because the apology didn't fucking do anything right uh, because of course it didn't and it it couldn't possibly uh and then like i was reading this week jimmy carter had an op-ed published in the new york times in 1989 the headline of which was uh, the book is an insult that uh, salman rushdie's book is an insult to muslims and not just to muslims but to People of religious conviction everywhere should be offended by this book. Was this there was the, a but at the end of that? Like, but fuck all this. Oh, well, there's violence plenty of there's plenty of to be shoring and to okay. be to to be clear. Any threat of violence is not acceptable. Right. But this was a great offense to uh, people of religious conviction. It's like no, and I'm sorry to again uh, breach the irony with some degree of sincerity but there can be no but when it comes to this sort of thing it is either the case that you have the freedom to express your thoughts about the whole range of human experience and in fact that we that's what we ask of artists and novelists and people who uh, are capable of these sorts of expression. It's what we demand of them, right? Because it is right. not everybody has that. While everybody has the capacity to find out truth on their own, not everybody is capable of exploring these things in the unique and interesting ways that our our best artists are capable of doing. Right? And I'm right. sorry, but there's a there's an elite superstructure here that exists. Some people are better at this than others. Salman Rushdie is gifted, whatever that. It, However, you want to interpret the, that that to be, uh, with the ability to explore these questions, and we sh- we should celebrate that. Whether no no matter what, and under under no circumstances, is it acceptable for people in a, uh, a freedom appreciating or or, or liberty loving or, or whatever bullshit sort of vaguely patriotic way you want to phrase it to insert a but at the end of a sentence that starts with he should be free to express himself right there is there is no but there and and cowing to the offended sensibilities of these petty fucking tyrants uh, is no way to live in a free society and it but, just no go ahead but you asshole uh, why can't the point be simply made that people are free to take offense at anything, right? That that taking offense, though, doesn't have to carry weight with anybody. Like, if you take offense at anything I do, it could be a religious um, a slight that I, I wrote or did something uh, you, you found offensive. But, like, 
just because you're offended by it doesn't mean anything to me, right? I mean, it can. I mean, I may be open to it. Like, oh, my bad. Uh, you know, these uh, musicians lately have gotten into trouble because uh, of using ableist language or whatever, like spaz yeah, we'll get, or what we'll have get you. We'll get to that in a second. Right. Yeah. But, like, I don't necessarily have to act on it. And, and when people try to impose their taken offense through violence, that is the entirety of the criticism and the attention should – a hundred percent be focused on that. So, like, I don't understand why a Jimmy Carter type, who, by the way, come on, a few more months, buddy, uh, a right. Jimmy Carter type writing an op-ed, like, focused mostly on the offense that was taken. If that, if that was the extent of it, like, if there was no fatwa, if there was no like uh, people dying, if there was no threats, sure, but you can write whatever. I mean, again, the author doesn't have to take that in, into consideration. They can do whatever they want. But the story here is that they're they're threatening people with physical violence to impose a worldview that the person doesn't adhere to. So it's like that's taking the story. Offense, I have like literally taking offense is no different than having the thought in the first place, right? These right. are we interpret the world as it happens around us largely beyond our control, right? And it's right. this weird it's a weird you have to accept the weird duality that I am an individual moving through the world with my own sort of at least seeming autonomy, right? right. The, the feeling of having free will in a meaningful way. While acknowledging the fact that I don't choose the things that flash across my face, right? Yeah. I'm just uh, – there's somebody else who's got the remote control who's flipping the channels and the inputs are coming to me. Now, to an extent, I can control my attention to an extent. It seems increasingly difficult, right? These days, it seems <laughs> yeah. increasingly difficult to wield perfect control of your attention. Uh, but, but but we don't. We don't wield perfect control of our attention. And things come into our mind and into our brain, whether – uh, 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 out of absolutely nothing or out of the mouths of someone uh, that we saw walking down the street or talking on the radio or, or, or making an appearance on television, right? And there's nothing wrong with that getting into your head and causing the neurological reaction of being offended, right? There's yeah. absolutely, like there's just, to me, there's no difference than in me having an opinion about anything. Like I'm right. fine with right. you being wildly offended by something. But right. the moment that you pick up any instrument of control and try to wield it over me because of your offense, that is where you have committed the unpardonable. That right. That is what when you try to wield the power of the state, like it's fine for the Ayatollah of whatever the fuck to be offended by something and feel bad about the fact that like his people have been besmirched in some important way. But right. if you're going to take the power of the state and say there's a $3 million bounty on this guy's head now, then you've done something that is fundamentally wrong and not just wrong in like a legal sense, but in opposition to what it means to be human on the planet. Because right. he didn't choose to write the satanic verses he didn't choose to have the offensive thought any more than you chose to be offended right and if you can't recognize that 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 his right to express the thing that occurred to him is the same as your right to express the thing that occurred to you that those two things are the same then you're not you're not acting in good faith on this planet right right and it's not it's not at all interesting or new but it feels incredibly important to say it anytime it comes up right and right. it and it 
it, it feels almost hacky to have to say it, right. but it, it remains the case. And, and it feels doubly hacky to say that, hey, also, this is about uh, Lizzo and Beyonce not being allowed to say spaz on their record. But I like there's a part of me that really believes that that right. and, and now we can transition into that. And I'm going to have to edit this episode so, so that I can get these sound clips Seriously? in. How dare you? It's been great <laughs> so far. But, like, there have been, in the last, I think, month or so, or maybe it was like six weeks ago or something like that, Lizzo, yeah, who's a, a pop rapper, I don't know how to describe <laughs> Lizzo, she's a, she's, she's, she's a, a music artist, she's, she's, a, mu- right, she's a musician of some sort, she's a pop star, basically, right? I mean, whatever. How dare you, Abe? <laughs> pop rapper. <laughs> ah, that's good. Lizzo had this to say at the start of her song, Girls, which is spelled (laughs) G-R-R-R-L-S. That was it. She said... That she's a spaz. I'm a spaz. The ableist or the disabledist or the ableist community. I, I, don't, I don't get know. it. Yeah. So if you're if it if the language is ableist, saying that able-bodied people are uh, taking the piss out of people who have this specific issue, like spasmatic. I don't even know what the full thing is, but yeah, it's like it's some sort of. Sp- Diagnosis of spastic something or another. Right? Okay. A, there's an official diagnosis, and people with cerebral palsy are diagnosed with this thing. And so apparently, uh, any time since uh, I was a very small child and people were calling one another spazzes for right. having done something that, like, literally it's like when something happens that seems to have been beyond your control. Right. Like your your body does a thing that doesn't, cohere to what you wanted your body to do and you dropped the lunch the you take your chocolate milk spills all over the lunchroom table and somebody goes you friggin spaz what are you doing that apparently is language that is hurtful and does actual harm right does does actual it must do actual harm in the world to uh, people who are disabled despite the fact that i've never ever called someone who was actually disabled, right. a spaz. Right? I'm surprised that that's sort of what... I think if someone called me a spaz, I would think that I was just kind of like flighty and like, right. um, you know, just running around like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do right. this, like sort of overly caffeinated. Right. Sure, that and happens too. And therefore yes. airheaded. Spastic. Yeah, that's but, a, another... Bob, isn't this so? Would you not consider this to fall under a similar or uh, umbrella, or an offshoot of the the other word, the retarded R word, R word, right? You know, people say uh, this person is acting retarded, right? People don't, or at least for in my experience in high school, they weren't using it towards people with any sort of disability. They were saying it amongst their their friends, and that has. Fallen out of favor. He has it ready to go. You might even you might even sing it gloriously uh, (laughs) as a way of explaining how you're going to have a great time tonight. Let 
<laughs> I'm going to let this play for a second because I forgot that Will I Am actually apologizes at the very start of this song. So listen. And we get a run-in, run-in guy. He does his thing. He's no reason to be in this band. He just says run-in, run-in. <laughs> Very important. In this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break In this context, right. there's no disrespect is how right. he starts that fucking song. Well, right. sort of. He starts it by saying, having Fergie no sing, offense, but... let's get <laughs> retarded. And then he says, in this context, no disrespect. And guess what? I agree with you, Will. I am. God bless you, sir. Holy shit. Context is everything, right? It but is it... fine, in fact, for Lizzo to sing about how her bitches call her a spaz, right? Because uh, all of female humanity isn't going to get people to stop calling other uh, women bitches or certainly not going to get men to stop calling uh, women bitches, right? So right. it's fine that women says that 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 Women Lizzo says. that Lizzo says bitches forty seven times in the song, but she lets slip a spaz, and we have a, a unique victim group. Right now, is it maybe arguably is it a bit much to get to the end of the song <laughs> and then start spelling out the word? Maybe it's a bit much. I don't ever want to hear that song again. It's so, such negative associations <laughs> for me. So, uh, I find if my memory serves, uh, they changed it to "Let's Get It Started." Right at some point, they didn't they, change it they, too. That was just the radio edit. They did a remix. This is the song think, that played. But, so it but I think the radio no, played this I think there was a couple original. years later that "Let's right. Get It Started" became popular, right? Because it was right. "Let's Get Retarded," and then there was a remix for some movie, or maybe just a new album, or a greatest hits album, or something like. Hey, fuck if I know. But, right. Like it was a couple of years removed from the original, as I recall. Don't you? Uh, but the, the point is, there's no fucking violence, and I know that it. Right. Like it's, I guess it's something that I've said a thousand times before, so it feels hacky to say it again. Words are not violence, right? And 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 whether you're Salman Rushdie, writing a novel, or you're Lizzo, or you're Fergie, the words that you use, they they are not doing harm. In a in a in a physical way in the world, and to believe to insist that words are actually violence in the face of, or to give any credence to it, right? Because if you say the words, Salman Rushdie should be free to say what he wants to say, but this was a huge insult to Islam, and right. and with that but, with your dot 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 there, with your ellipses, you're doing the work of excusing the violence that follows. Right. And right. Whether, whether you mean it or not, that's what you're doing, and it's not okay. That's violence. In the face of someone getting stabbed in the eye yeah. and stabbed in the liver, a 75-year-old man who just showed up to talk about books, that that is actual violence. Words are not violence. I don't know. Like And, and misgendering you and calling you the wrong pronouns, these are not violences. They're, right. those are, they're two very different. They are harmful. They can be hurtful. They can make you feel bad, and you can be offended, but it's not violence. Right. And And again, like I said before, if there wasn't a violent attack, if you in a vacuum you want to make whatever points you want to make, it's fine. But most people should agree that if someone stabs somebody, that's the entirety of the story. That is wrong. 
there's no buts behind it. Uh, going back to the uh, music video and the, 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 these words that uh, these musicians are changing after people tell them, hey, it's kind of fucked up. Like, I never have a problem with that. If the, the artist, I don't know if they're doing it because they're, they feel coerced in doing so, but whatever. They, if they choose to get rid of the words, it's fine. Do you think that the uh, context war is a lost cause? The in a specific because it seems like it didn't seem to have any purchase with anybody nowadays. Like context doesn't seem I to matter know. at all. And I don't know. And it makes me seem like I must be, like I must be a bad person because what I want to do now is I want to read the Satanic verses. I don't just want to read it because I think that it might be a good book. I don't like magical fucking realism. Right. This is not up my alley. <laughs> like I'm probably going to hate large parts of this book, but I feel compelled to read this book because I need to throw the middle finger at the people who would tell me I. I ought not to, and right. that it ought to be burned. There are right. you can find dozens of videos of complete maniacs burning this book in piles in cities in Europe and and the United States. Right? Like it's just not acceptable. And in the face of that, you should pick up the book and read it. That is an act. It's it's not an act of. I'm not going to say it's an act of courage, but it's a it's a necessary act of living in what you hope to be a free world. And in that same way. As dumb as it is, it's important for me to not censor myself from saying the word retarded in this context, right? right. It's important that I not censor myself from saying the word spaz or spastic in, when we're having a, in the context that we're having it in, right? It doesn't mean that I'm going to go out and call the neighbor kid when he f falls down on the sidewalk and point right. at him, call him a retard, right? Like, that right. wouldn't be nice. And it certainly doesn't mean that I'm going to walk up to anybody with an obvious mental disability and call them a retard, right? right. Like, right. that wouldn't be good either but right. it doesn't it, like i'm not it it, it is in it is an important thing to hold on to that 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 context is literally all that matters here right, right? Well, you heard it first from will i am right t fucking 15 years ago context is all that matters here that's not the the sound of the words rolling over your tongue and teeth as they vibrate between your vocal cords that's just it is, is nothing to be worried about right also um not this is going to fall on deaf ears, but all the religious types, like, uh, have a little more confidence in your faith. Like, why are you getting so violent in uh, somebody else writing something? It doesn't make it true, first of all, right? If you believe in what you believe, it doesn't change that. And also, there's apparently a very good judicial system at the end of this whole living thing, right? It'll be sorted out later, right? Judgment Day. It'll be sorted out. Let people write it, whatever it they want betrays today. The, it betrays the utter shallowness of their belief. Right. They don't it's, actually believe this right. shit. Right. If you actually believe this shit, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have any impact on you whatsoever. What anybody said about the Prophet Muhammad, whether or not Matt and Trey of uh, South Park were allowed to animate the Prophet Muhammad or put him in a fucking bear suit or whatever they did to try to get around it, and then even that got censored. You couldn't even pretend That's to right, animate yeah. the and, Prophet Muhammad. And by the way, the only reason why that consideration is made is because of the violence, right? I mean, all the other gods yeah. in the right. All the other stuff is yeah, fine because nobody's want the stabbing studio you. Studio to get bombed, right? But, right, but kind of that is cowardice. You cannot, no, the, right. you cannot be complicit in the right. violence right. by like because you won't have solved anything. Because fucking thirty years later, Salman Rushdie's on a stage in Western New York, and some maniac walks up and stabs him in the fucking. Who wasn't eye. even alive when the, this uh, fatwa was even ushered. Like it's, it's it like, doesn't matter what Comedy Central and Viacom does because they're worried about having their asses sued or something along those lines. Matt and Trey chose to do the thing, and they will be a target forever, and they will, they will be targets whether or not Viacom decides that they're going to, to censor. Like, they, 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 
they took five episodes of South Park. They didn't even sell them to HBO Max, right? So you can watch uh, whatever it is, 250 episodes of South Park, but not the five in which Muhammad appears in or the or the, right. or is even really mentioned in, right? Right. And it's it's just pure cowardice and and cowing, genuflecting to the absolute worst in society. People who who would prefer to exist outside of society would prefer to see civilization ended because their feelings got hurt about the pretend nonsense of the of the of the religion that they believe in. Right, and it, it does. It seems ridiculous to take that and apply it to Beyonce, who a few weeks ago. By the way, if anybody, if you thought anybody was beyond the purview of this sort of nonsense, it would be Queen B, right? <laughs> uh, Beyonce is, 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 she can do no wrong for the well, last 20 years. Although I hear uh, album sales are pretty soft so far. I don't know what's going on. Well, it's all streaming. Like, why who does anybody. Who buys albums? Who buys? Like, who buys I know, but people buy uh, albums. Taylor Swift's album. Well, you know, there's a few people that. Yeah, the answer still... is Taylor Swift fans, but. Right. People aren't buying Beyonce albums. People right. buy Taylor Swift albums. So that was enough to get uh, just a, an exasperated, exhausted sigh out of the very same people who said, "Didn't we? Didn't we just do this a few weeks ago with Lizzo? How could Beyonce be so? In, how could her and her people and her representation be so?" completely blind and deaf to the cultural conversation that's been going on these past few weeks Busy and release this an single. I, I and then Beyonce, Beyonce cows right. and, and says that she's going to re-record the thing. And like, it's not, it's not the government coming down on you, but any time that somebody, and this has become a meme and then a double reverse meme. And it's just a fucking, it, it's impossible to have a conversation on or witness a conversation on the internet where it doesn't just devolve. It's, it's kind of like when you go on Reddit and somebody makes a joke and then the joke is just that everybody knows what the next line in the joke is. Yeah. And so you see these threaded comments where, like, it could be something as stupid as song lyrics, right? Yes. Where somebody's like, like you, you sort of get rickrolled in the comments. Right. And that's, it's just, so comment one is never, and then the comment two is by someone else, gonna, and then, it, yeah. you know, threat, yeah. never going to give you up, never going right. to let you, right? And that's the whole fucking joke. That's what First Amendment discourse is like on the internet. Right. Where somebody says... Uh, First Amendment, or somebody says free speech, and somebody else says, this isn't about the government, actually, because the First Amendment just protects you from uh, the government infringing on your rights. It's like, that's your notion of what it means to be a, a free human being in the world who expresses himself, that it's just a question of whether or not Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Barack Obama or whoever's in charge of the Justice Department is going to come down on your ass for having the wrong opinion? No! That is an incredibly small and impoverished understanding of, of, of what freedom of expression really means, which is that you should be permitted without fear of like the overwhelming opprobrium of all of society to just say the things that are going on in your head largely, right? right. And that you shouldn't worry about being cast out because you had the wrong thoughts and then went on to express them. Right. And that should extend to even wildly powerful people like Beyonce and Lizzo, who have far more power and influence in this world than any of the idiots who have claimed offense at the language in their lyrics. I, uh, I, I, 
until I hear, I guess I wouldn't hear otherwise, but I'm still under the assumption that they're agreeable to the change and that's why they change it. Because I always think, like, especially if you are a Beyonce, you can just let this story die. Like, the attention span online is so short. I mean, it's very acute, you know, when uh, there's a you know hashtag or some sort of trending thing and it's a big story for a few days and your publicist may say we have to respond to this, but you actually don't. If you just let the story die... Some other story will come and people will forget about it. So, like, if you wanted to stick to your guns, you would just let the story die on its own, like, without responding to it. And maybe if, if you were adamant that, oh, no, spaz is a artistic choice, it has to be there, the whole song doesn't work without that word, uh, then, you know, just don't say anything and let the story die. But maybe they're, they didn't consider uh, the impact that the word would have, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, fuck the word. I mean, I say... Just a lot of nonsense. That's fine, so but this is this is the. I'm sorry, but it's the camel's nose under the tent because Spaz, sure, uh, it only shows up in once every three thousand songs, right? And it's yeah. easily substituted for something else. But like cr the word crazy or insane or something like that. Yeah, that's what's next. You go to any like any of the comment threads yeah. under these things, and the first like top-rated comment under. The great success of having gotten Spaz thrown out of this is, you know, she's got like 15 other songs where she talks about insane. And that is super fucking ableist, by the right. way, to right. talk about insanity in the way that she's talking about it. Like, no, man, you don't get to you don't get to dictate the terms of everyone else's the contents of their mind just because you feel bad about the world. I'm sorry. And like Again, with the God bless Will I Am thing, God bless Eminem. Eminem comes out with a song that everybody gets offended by, and he completely fucking ignores it. For example, this song came out last year. It's apparently it's on a, a new Eminem album. Apparently that's a thing. Right. But this is the a, a track <laughs> off the new Eminem album. It was first released a year and a half ago, and it goes like this. I am like a liar's pants. I'm on fire, and I got no plans to retire, and I'm still the man you admire. These chicks are spazzing out. I only get more handsome and flyer. I got them. So he says spazzing out, right? Not yeah. acceptable. But if he just shuts the fuck up and never talks about it yeah. again, it's yeah. not going to be a big fucking deal. And right. nobody's going to talk about it again in the future. And that's how you have to deal with it. You either ignore it right. or you fucking double down. Right. I'm I telling went from knowing zero songs that had the word spaz in them to three just, just now. I just didn't realize it was used so much. Yeah, how popular is this word? It just like fits in with every uh, lyric, I guess. It's, it's, uh, it's just interesting. It was at least as common uh, a word in the lexicon growing up in like middle school and high school. As I think of it as a very '80s word. God, she's was. such a right. spaz. It's just interesting. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah, but I mean, to the to to the point about letting a story slide uh, as. Uh, proof of that there was that rapper guy who uh was at the some houston uh concert last year a bunch of people died because of a human stampede or whatever the hell happened it, everything looked bad like for travis, him travis travis yeah travis something? yeah travis um he's back doing travis, stuff you travis. know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a white guy name is all i know yeah <laughs> it's like two first names um and uh he's back doing whatever that chris brown guy beat up uh what's her face just lay low for a few years. People forget. So I'm telling you, if you want to, for artistic reasons, if you want to keep any word you want, just let it, let the story die. Don't engage. And again, it seems silly to worry about 
uh, some chick with cerebral palsy in Australia who's having oh. a disproportionate impact on the cultural conversation because she has a Twitter account and comparing her with the Ayatollah of Iran issuing a fatwa against Salman Rushdie. It's obviously it's not the same thing. But wielding the the cultural power that you suddenly find yourself with in a similar not not again, not that removing the word spaz from a song is the same as as uh, being stabbed in the eye, right. and I'm not, I'm not at all trying to make them the same or, or equivocate them. But the fact of the matter is, it's the same shitty instinct where you're you're worried about the degree to which you and your compatriots are offended by something, and as though that causes actual harm. No actual harm is caused. I'm sorry. Did that apply to all? What about like? Uh, I don't see this any. I don't think I've heard of any song include this but in conversation like in shows and movies like i remember people saying like i got gypped i got gypped out of something some, some sort of and it's like a gypsy kind of like a negative connotation i think that's been quietly a, a connotation out. by the way that i didn't like i had to learn about on right. a wikipedia list of offensive slurs right right like <laughs> that's the degree to which <laughs> that was removed from the actual romanian people that allegedly it was insulting to begin with Right. Is, it, it, it can't be overstated because I didn't even know it was – I didn't know gypsy was a negative term right. until I read about it later, right? right. It's a successful yeah, – it's a totally successful of decoupling things. of context, right. right? It can be said for a lot of things, but uh, the, the N-word is a terrific example actually yeah. because if you grew up listening to only rap music, right. you might not know that right. it was a horribly insensitive – Or only listening to the buffer Right, we're only <laughs> listening to the buffer, which I made Lori day. On the, on Holy the, shit! On the way back from the beach, we listened to the latest episode of the oh, buffer boy. in the car. I didn't feel good about it. Which is why, which is why you didn't get any. Because usually I live text to you as I'm listening to it, my my reaction to what's going on in the buffer. But I was in the car, so I couldn't do that. With our children. Yeah, the kids heard more oh, of that than they should have, I probably. Do not encourage that. Well, Something the, about some. It was bad. The, it was bad. The headphones were in for like ninety plus percent of the Until episode. Until the very end. Until the very end, and then there was discussion of like, like copious amounts of of semen, yeah. uh, but not in the, not in that medically. Uh, Boy, I don't the remember. way that I'm talking about it. But. <laughs> it was the the guy, the NFL quarterback. Oh, Watson. Oh, okay. A lot of Deshaun yeah. Watson yeah, and Deshaun Watson's butthole uh, <laughs> and also male ejaculate came up in the last few moments of the podcast. Oh, boy. Uh, the kids might have caught some of that. Uh, largely oblivious, I it's okay. Hope. They're going to school in a week. Yeah, it's, oh, way, it's way worse at, in the lunchroom, no <laughs> doubt, than it is even on the buffer. <laughs> Anyway, how did we, how did we get oh the n word right so like saying the word like using the word in the way that it is used in the in the common parlance of the average rap song or the average buffer recording right like obviously I know enough to not do that myself but like it's totally conceivable and in fact we see many examples of it of people who just grow up listening to that music and use it totally right. freely right. without any concern whatsoever for the for for the way that it was i mean like yeah 
it's a fun game that I like to play where like m- m- uh, it's a fucking great joke and nobody ever gets the joke and that's fine but it's Hallmark a great of joke a good for joke me. by the way. <laughs> right, obviously. <laughs> but if somebody says slippery slope to me and I wince and I say, "Whoa, man, who's the racist here?" Uh, like they don't get it. But like the fact that I said now I'm it's a weird double inception joke <laughs> where now they know that I think that the word slope is bad. Right. But I've done the racism, right? Like I've done all of the work there, even though they said the phrase. Uh, it's a it's like it's just a perfect fucking joke. And uh, and it it goes for like any number of different words that might come up in casual conversation. Right. Including words like gypsy or gypped or or using Jew in a slightly less than ideal way. Uh, but it's all just stupid, right? And if it, you know the person that you're talking to, then I'm I'm a, like I've long for, for forever I've I've used the phrase the gays, and I yeah. use it in like like an ironic <laughs> way. And like somebody who's never heard me before, I still think it would be hard to actually find offense in the way I use the phrase the gays yeah. because I usually use it in in such a context that it's like it's obvious the thing that I'm doing is making fun of the use of the phrase the gays. Uh, but, but like people who hear me do that, they know me, right? And right. if you know me, then you know the way in which I'm using it. And I'm not some sort of hateful asshole who wants to drag the gays behind my pickup truck and do actual harm to actual people. In fact, it is the case that I have, I mean, if you have to say it, then it doesn't actually count, right? Oh, I have equal respect for all human beings on the planet. Yeah, sure right. you do, asshole. But isn't but, this, this is, it, don't you think a lot of this is just, an internet problem because like in person people you know that you know in the context that you use it it's very clear what you mean and how you mean it there's not a lot of like oh it doesn't matter the context you shouldn't use it that way maybe i, I don't hang around people like that i don't know maybe i live in a in a buffer kind of world uh but it seems like a lot of this like uh hand-wringing is like online people just yes but stuff. everything is that now yeah it's just like, like anything in popular culture, like that's why it's different when Bob says the gays. That's not the same as Beyonce saying spaz. Right. Because Bob is not famous and right. therefore it doesn't matter. But right. Beyonce has a song that's on the internet and widely known. And if something is widely known, it is the internet now. Right. That's just what it's like. But it's one of those things where, like, I mean, in this, in these songs, I mean, the title of the song is in that. Uh, it's not the focus of the song. It's just like a random, like, half a second reference, and then they move on to bitch, 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 right? The rest of the song continues, uh, and it's all fine. But drawing attention to it this way seems kind of like it kind of does more harm almost than anything. Like, it just kind of comes Probably. and goes, you know? It's the somehow there's a difference between writing an op-ed about it and expressing your opinion in that way, and like calling out these people and demanding that they bow to your whim. Like I, it's it's such an obvious difference, and one of them is totally acceptable to me to express the offense that you have felt by someone and ask them to apologize. Like that's one thing, but like to demand that they change their behavior and conform to the way that you see the world is something else entirely. Right. Also. We, we are uh, there's still not an adequate way to disagree with somebody who makes the point who is of whatever community like so if like somebody who's like handicapped or disabled uh, made a point about this 
like no able body person feels comfortable saying, ah, it's fine. They're usually like, oh, okay, uh, if you feel uncomfortable, everybody kind of gets like, all right, we're going to let this go because people don't know how to kind of express like it doesn't mean anything. It's just a word, right? right. And I swear, I swear that this is just not just me saying because of course I would say this because the only standpoint that doesn't have a valid uh, that that doesn't get the soapbox is the middle-aged white guy, right? right. Like uh, you, you can pretty much like if you're old, then you have the perspective of being old. If you're young, you have the no matter your race, you have the perspective of being young. But like the middle-aged white guy, the the standpoint epistemology, the theory of having a valid opinion because you're a middle-aged white guy does not exist. I'm I, I'm the it's the only one that doesn't get a bonus point for having a, a point of view, right? And that's fine. That's the natural result of being the default mode of seeing the world, of having an entire culture that more or less has been built around catering to your interest. I, I re- It's fine. It's fine. But that's not why I reject standpoint ep- epistemology. Or, 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 and and the, to, to explain what I mean is that anytime somebody says as a and then this fill and in the identity this, yeah. marker here, yeah. Yeah. and then that becomes... Uh, a, a place of authority from which they're entitled to speak and that no one else is allowed to question it or no one else is allowed to question it except as a so-and-so, right? right. Like then fill in the other blank there. Like, so you say, as an African-American woman who grew up in so-and-so and does such-and-such, yeah. such, I have this opinion about it. Right. And then the next lady is allowed to talk, but only so long as she can explain the ways in which she disagrees, but only as a so-and-so, as a so-and-so, right? right. It's all fucking nonsense. It's for all You're just system. an individual human being <laughs> right. who has an opinion. Like that, yeah. It's... Everything is a sta- is a question of standpoint epistemology. And... and, and Prioritizing one over another uh, misses the whole boat. Right. Also, make just make the argument. I mean, if it's a good enough argument, it'll stand on its own. A lot of times, you don't need to add that. Like, you're making a good point as it is. You don't need to say as a whatever. It doesn't lend any more validity to it. Just say, it's a stupid fucking thing and be done with it. And also, there's a lot of words in the dictionary. Just use it. It's not, it's not a no need to die in this hell. No. All right. We'll move on here for a brief second. This is a very dumb tweet, and uh, I'm going to share it with you here. Uh, Brett Weinstein, who oh, was uh, not my boy, <laughs> he's got, he goes in your column. Has this, he says he says this on Twitter? Foreskin, uh, bet oh you didn't my. bet you didn't think I was going to foreskin right away. Nope. Foreskin is an evolutionary adaptation. It had a value and may or may not be net beneficial in the modern environments. Circumcision is also an adaptation that may or may not be net beneficial in modern times. And then he says something about trans people. He then goes on to clarify, this has nothing to do with preference. Circumcision has stood the test of evolutionary time. If it was simply negative, selection would have eliminated it. That is a stupid. That is a very stupid tweet. You, right. Yeah. You are very right, Bob. You you led very strong, and that we wouldn't that have a... murder either. Right. So this it actually it gets to something interesting about the way a certain kind of person sees the world, and it's a very similar thing to a, a listening to Sam Harris, who has a podcast, Sam Harris Podcast, uh, Making Sense. It's called, and he was talking to that goober Jordan Peterson. This was a few years ago now. And I remember listening to it and feeling as though 
I, w- I was continually running into a brick wall because Jordan Peterson kept in he basically and I think I've tried to explain this before and I've done a poor job of it which is why this Weinstein uh, tweet stood out to me which is that Peterson was sort of trying to convince Sam Harris that he was a more serious Darwinist than Sam Harris was the lamest argument to get in Right. But he's saying that if you take your Darwinism seriously, then you will understand that it's not just about biology. It's also about culture. It's also about the things that we choose to do collectively, that there's a there's an almost mimetic function to evolution that you can see the revealed truth of the underlying condition of of human psychology in the things that we choose to do collectively, and that if we do them, they are true, right? This is sort of what Jordan Peterson was getting at, is that if we continually to do it, it is true, and because true things are good, then it must be good, right? And so in the same way, what like Brett Weinstein, who's an actual biologist and an actual evolution, like a, an actual scientist of evolution someone who's done like actual good work in this field in the, in the field of of uh, studying genetics and evolution he's now applying he's he's taking that actual biological principle and attempting to apply it to a the the cultural thing of snipping off the foreskin of individuals and saying that if this was not an an a, a beneficial adaptation of of humans in a cultural way, then we would have left it beyond, uh, behind in the same way that we left our tails behind uh, when we evolved from the apes or what have you, right? So, it, it I, I think it's profoundly wrong, right? I think I think right. it's fucking stupid I mean, to we do a understand lot of the world that, in this way. Yeah, but it's very useful. Why the fuck was he thinking about that? What a weird thing. Because this is the sort of person who who says, "Yeah, I that th- that." In an argument about circumcision, that that's saying that it it has no use, he would say, "Well, of course it has a use. We've been doing it for a very long time, and if like Calvin, if it had when no he use, too, I'm already doing it. What are you gonna do?" Right. Also, he's right. not. Uh, this is this reeks of like. Uh, trying to find a justification after the fact on a, on a position you already believe in, right? Like, if he was just, like, neutral yeah. on it, he wouldn't land on that point, which is a very stupid yeah, point. Yeah, this sounds very weird. Because, like, we do a lot no, of... I'm humans not, do a I'm lot not, of, Again, I'm not arguing that it's right. I'm just no, no, saying this right. is a very useful frame for understanding right. how, especially, like, evolutionary psychology... Like, this is this whole... I think I, I decided a long time ago, evolutionary psychology is fucking bullshit. Like, it's, this is... <laughs> As with most psychology, but especially evolutionary psychology, it's largely an attempt of a person who's come to certain preconceived ideas about the world to justify the right. reason for the world around right. them, right? right. Uh, and, and and this this circumcision thing is just an example of it. And it and it with no connection to Jordan Peterson whatsoever. It made me immediately think of the Jordan Peterson thing about how. Because something is in the world and presenting, it must be true in a fundamental way. And because it's true, it must be good. Uh, because otherwise, we would have chosen to leave it behind. Because after all, uh, the world is one of social Darwinism, and therefore, only the best ideas survive. Like which is obviously not the case. <laughs> humans humans have managed to to sort of escape 
Darwinism in very important ways, right? Like this is a weird conversation that we got into with my mother actually over the past week. But like there are babies, millions upon millions, if not billions of people alive today who wouldn't be if the natural course of things were simply allowed to go on, right? Like, right. If if we just let the mosquitoes give us fucking malaria, there'd be significantly fewer people on right. the planet right, right now. It's not inherently bad, therefore, that we've escaped the evolutionary uh, system in that way, right? And some babies would have died without an injection of vitamin K that most that that like ninety nine percent of newborns are given as soon as they're born. Right. Now we've we've stopped selecting for the newborns who would die without vitamin K, without the vitamin K injection, and now there's a whole fucking population of of tens of hundreds of millions of people who escaped that particular uh, evolutionary dead end and right. are going to go on reproducing and, and making more babies who right. need the vitamin K injection to survive. And yeah, we can't know all of the consequences of that on the very long term, but, but you can't therefore say that they should have just been allowed to fucking yeah. die. <laughs> and also, who knows, maybe uh, being smart enough as humans to uh, um, mitigate or prevent harm early on to get to the point where this... Uh, otherwise dead baby cleared that hurdle maybe there's some other benefit that it passes on to the next generation and then you know we're going to the to the moon and stuff you know right the problem with arguing about unintended consequences is that you can't know the unintended consequences that you're also foreclosing on right right like that right. <laughs> if you're going to argue about unintended consequences you you it's not an actual argument. Right. It's just you're just saying unintended consequences. Right. Because you can't know any more than I can know about what the consequences of any given action are going to be over the very, very long term. Right. But going back to your to your boy though, uh, don't you find that a lot of people, especially on Twitter, no matter how otherwise smart that they may be or educated or whatever everything kind of falls back to like motivated reasoning. Like there's something that they already believe and they're kind of like saying all this fancy stuff, but they're just trying, it's all in service of something that they already believe. It's like this worldview and that's all that matters. It's like all these fancy words don't mean anything. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to say, like evolutionary. Yeah, the, it's funny that Abe put it that way. By the way, to the <laughs> point that any time you try to make a point, in opposition to something that they're saying, they automatically assume that you are coming at it with motivated reasoning from the other side. Right. right? Like, right. And, and not to say that I'm always capable of escaping my own preconceived notions about the world. That would be ridiculous. But like, it's a, actually a, a good segue into something that we can briefly talk about. Because I was frustrated a few weeks ago when uh, Peter Meyer lost his bid to— Oh, the Michigan uh, congressman, his, right? His, his primary bid, uh, this was the seat that was held by some other goober independent whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, Justin something or another. Who was that? Uh, Justin whatever. Not Amash, is he? He's a Kentucky guy. Yeah, yeah, Justin Amash. Right, so it was a, the same seat, I think, that that they, Meyer ended up in was Justin Amash's old seat. Okay, so Justin Amash is from Michigan? Okay. I think that's right. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's funny. I'm trying to find my old tweet, and it, instead I found a tweet that's way better than the one that I'm going to talk about now. 
Uh, this is really great show. No, no, it's great, great here. content. But this is why you should follow me on Twitter if you're out there. Uh, which is you on Twitter? By the way, which nobody should be on fucking Twitter. So don't fo- don't go on Twitter. But if you are on Twitter and uh, doing the wrong thing, you might as well follow me on Twitter. Which is <laughs> so Josh Hawley tweeted about. Can you t- tell people what to follow? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's at ck underscore taverner. Uh, yeah, the link is in the show notes. You'll figure it out. Just search Brain Iron. you figure it out. It's fine. Uh, the raid by J- Josh Hawley tweeted this. The raid by Joe Biden's FBI on the home of a former president who is also Biden's chief political opponent is an unprecedented assault on democratic norms and the rule of law. Biden has taken our republic into dangerous waters. And uh, I, along with uh, many thousands of other people, felt the need to comment on Josh Hawley's statement there. And I said, uh, democratic norms and the rule of law under Biden versus democratic norms and the rule of law under Trump. And I posted side-by-side GIFs. And uh, under Biden, it's a picture of the Indian guy crying. You remember that old commercial (laughs) from the 70s? They were like littering his... uh, Yeah, Yeah, there's there's littering and then the Indian guy cries. And so that he's on one side where... That's how sad Republicans are now about the rule of law and democratic norms. And on the other side is Jack Nicholson jerking off in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. (laughs) Because that's how they felt about democratic norms and the rule of law under Trump. Like a a spazzy guy, if you'll forgive the language there, uh, (laughs) masturbating publicly. Anyway, that's not what we're... Semi-publicly. It's a private institution. Sure, semi-publicly. Anyway, uh, getting back to Peter Meyer. So I think that's how you say his name. It's M-E-I-J-E-R. I think it's Meyer. Yeah. This is uh, like one of the good Republicans, right? There's only fucking 15 of them, right, in like the whole goddamn country or so. But Peter Meyer is one of the good Republicans. He voted to impeach Donald Trump. So, of course, he was going to be primaried by some maniac. and, And indeed he was. And he ended up losing and he was dunked upon by the mainstream and centrist establishment for then showing up at his opponent's victory celebration and just like shaking his hand now he he notably and obviously declined to endorse this person this right. person who's an an election denier and has said that the election was rigged and that Trump did nothing wrong and the election was stolen from him uh, blah 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 he did not endorse the guy but he did show up and shake the guy's hand and and sort of wish him wish him luck right, right. he con- he basically acknowledged that the election that he'd just been a participant in and lost he acknowledged the righteousness of that election even right. though he disagreed with the outcome right. he acknowledged that the correct legal outcome had happened that a vote took place and he lost and he was conceding defeat to this person right, right. he so but people said and this is John Marshall who writes the talking points memo he's a He's been around for the last 20 years or so. He was a blogger, and now he runs his own site. He says, this really says it all about the wah-wah Dems are boosting Trumpers line. So what he's saying there is all of the uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth about how Democrats spent money on helping elect MAGA Republicans, that's just crying in your in your fucking breakfast cereal about the fact that you can't win an election and— uh, and the fact that Peter Meyer 
went and shook this guy's hand and uh, acknowledged his defeat is therefore proof that the Democrats were right to try to throw him out on his ass because ultimately, if he really cared about election integrity and all of the rest, then he would have what? I don't know, like thrown a fucking fit about the fact that he lost an election? Right. And so I said he, uh, to Josh Marshall, I said, he congratulated his opponent instead of whining about the election being stolen. He declined to endorse him. He modeled the correct response to losing, and he's exactly the sort of human we should want in government. To which everyone replied, there are, or some other idiots replied, there are a lot of Democrats who congratulate their opponent and don't whine about the election being stolen, exactly the humans we want in government, and then listed a bunch of Democrats who, uh, including Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, did not say that she uh, did not gracefully lose that election and instead attributed it to it being stolen by the goddamn Russians. So the fact of the matter is that the motivated reasoning here is only in one goddamn direction, and it's not mine. But it was just it was interesting to me that I'm simply offering an, an alternative take that is beyond the partisan back-and-forth nonsense, and the response to me is just more like, oh, you just must be a secret evil Republican who's uh, motivated reasoning on your own. Right. By the way, uh, I, I assume the, the they're they're taking that approach because they they do, I think, real, recognize the exposure that their position of just being so cynical about the process that they would – Fund. Right, and we never talked about this. It was in the show notes for us to talk about for right. the last fucking like four months because I knew about this a long time ago, and then it became a big story, and I was mad at myself for not having talked about it, and which is why I never brought it up again right. because I was like, ah, I should have <laughs> fucking talked about it four months ago, and now it's, it's a big national story. It's never but too Democrats late. did this in many states. They did this to Larry Hogan in Maryland. They did this to uh, Peter Meyer. Basically, any electable, not insane Republican who is being primaried by right. a MAGA chud, the Democratic National Party uh, or, or organizing uh, campaign committee was sending money and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on on saying and on putting up uh, too cute by half ads that would say things like so and so is just too conservative right. for Maryland right. or too he's too conservative for Michigan so which is by the way that's how you get conservatives right. to vote for conservatives as you run those sorts of goddamn ads and so the democratic party has decided they're going to that that this is a purely zero sum game and that all that matters is the, maximizing the total number of Democrats in the House and in, and in federal government and in the government uh, bodies that run the various states, and that they will do anything to ensure that one less Republican is elected, even if it means risking a way worse Republican right, right. actually winning an election. And, and that's the problem. Basically, they're banking on this gambit working, right? Because this is— and it having no consequences. Uh, right. The, the the composition of this district, from what I gather, it makes it now more competitive than it has been in the past. But it's still like a Republican plus three, like in the generic kind of metric. So it's not like this is like a safe Democratic seat that they're like, oh, let's just get some Yahoo uh, on the other side and make it an easy blowout victory. Like this is a slightly leaning conservative area and you never know what happens. And so if – uh, this thing works and the Democrat wins, it's still a bad idea. It's still a bad process. You don't want to be doing this. But if it if it backfires, which generally happens to the Democrats when they do this kind of stuff, it's going to be a disaster. I mean, like if, if 
it, it's just going to be a bad look if it turned out that they funded the guy that they ended up losing to, which happened, by the way. I mean, they didn't fund it, but 2016, there was a lot of like, oh, Trump would be easy to, easier to beat, and he wasn't. Right. Hillary was talking about how thrilled she would be to go up against Donald Trump. Right. And then what happens ends up happening. Right. And never underestimate and, uh, the voters, you know. People will do a lot of stupid shit, you know. So you, you present a, a choice that you, you find uh, uh, unpalatable to you. Like, that's not necessarily the case for the, the voters. You'll recall, and this is a quite inside baseball between you and me. We used to play the game Abalone. You remember the Marvel oh, game, yeah, Abalone? Yeah. <laughs> And I said, one of my first tips, any, anytime I'm teaching somebody the game of Abalone, right. I say, the key here is divide <laughs> and conquer, right? And what you, what you took that to mean... It's the same as me. I assume the same thing. I had never thought about that phrase in the correct way, right. apparently. And so it's not... I don't think that you actually took it to mean this way, but but practically speaking, what you ended up doing with that information, the way that I, in my head, it translated in your head was, oh, okay, so isolate and dominate. That's <laughs> like that's, it's, it's, but but not not the opponent's pieces, but but isolate my own pieces. Yeah, no, and to then me dominate. that means let's split up. Right. And and you do your thing and I'll do my right. thing and, and then we'll and then take care of it the, that way. Yeah. Flank you and yeah, right. I'll which the whole... but it's not it. You want to divide your opponent's pieces and then conquer them uh, in 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 their smaller individual groups rather than trying to take on the whole army at once. And this is effectively the Democrats' plan. It's to isolate and dominate. So you take right. the the unpal the the candidates who are unpalatable to the vast majority, and you you inject into the base a steroid, and you say the the fact that these fucking roided out crazy people right. are going to be throwing a shit fit over here means that the rest of us will recognize that we need to dominate these people. Right. And what you don't realize is the number of people who sort of come to the defenses of this isolated group and throw up the middle fingers themselves, which is what right. happened in 2016. And it's going to happen somewhere. It's not going to happen everywhere. Right. But somewhere, this is going to have backfired on the Democrats. Right. But what and makes and, if, and even if it doesn't, right. even if yeah, it doesn't backfire. It's still backfire. the bad process. Yeah, it doesn't matter the outcome. This is a bad process. And also what makes it even more ridiculous is that this is uh, this is going to end up being a weird year, I think, as far as the – because this is supposed to be a, a wave election the other way. The midterms usually swing the other way. So you're doing it in this environment. It's not even like uh, in a presidential cycle and you have like a strong candidate that maybe the person can ride the coattails of the – you know, the top of the ticket or some other calculation. This is like things are, are looking bad for the Democrats in the House and you're trying this gambit in this environment. It seems to be very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's just like it's too clever by half. It's too cute. And it's very bad for fucking civil society. That's Again, I'm getting into like uh, playing the sincerity game here. But like it's not the way that we that we should want good people to behave is to elevate the absolute worst in the world in order to point at them and point out the ways in which they're terrible. And I don't see any virtue in being mad at Peter Meyer for shaking the guy's yeah, hand that and seems wishing to be, him uh, well. Yeah, I think that's just to kind of uh, absolve themselves of uh, supporting this shitty uh, tactic uh, to say, ah, he's no better than the other guy. Like I think it's just like a deflecting kind of thing. But what if right. – uh, is there – what if – this seat is what kept 
the House for the Democrats, do you think that the Democrats would be justified then? Like uh, in the unlikely scenario, because they're going to lose it, but like in the unlikely scenario that by just barely they keep it, and it was this this very cynical, we'll play dirty pool just like you guys play dirty pool. This tactic works, and by one seat, Nancy sticks around uh, for another term. Yeah. Well, first of all, it won't have justified it, is my right. answer to that. Yeah. That's for, yeah. Secondly, uh, in your scenario, can she possibly run the no, house no. again? Like, she are should. we really going to do that for another two <laughs> years? Because losing the house this time will be a perfect opportunity for her, her to finally say, right. I'm on my way out. Uh, leadership can, well, we'll figure out new leadership but who's next be time. Like but Adam Schiff or something? Like, who's even like uh, waiting to fill her spot? I don't know. I just hope they don't make uh, that McCarthy doesn't make Trump the Speaker of the House. <laughs> as, as much fun as that would be. Convicted uh, felon as Speaker. That'd be funny. Let's see. Was there anything else? I guess we can very briefly about the news of the week as far as the primaries go. We're going to have Sarah Palin did not win her primary, but she will be on the general election ballot to become a repre- the, the sole representative out of Alaska. Murkowski prevailed in Alaska as well. She will be on the ballot come November. Uh, Liz Cheney will not be on the ballot come November, as was expected. She got thwomped. She got thwomped worse <laughs> even than the constitutional amendment in Kansas did yeah. to, uh, to make abortion illegal. And in a uh, strange tactic, she's taking that, uh, what, 35, 37-point shellacking as uh, proof that she should run for higher office? Like, uh, I'm considering (laughs) I'm going to take the show on the road. And maybe it's like, no, no, just sit this one out. It's over. Setting aside my sort of personal disdain for the Cheneys as as an organization, uh, I will acknowledge that despite the sort of sanctimony of listening to somebody like you can only stomach so much of listening to somebody lecture about anything for so long, even when they're 1000% correct about it. Right. Right. So like, I like Liz Cheney to the extent that I can, like these last few months, I think she did the right thing, but not doing the right thing just means that I'm going to fucking just be disgusted by you forever. Right. Right. Like, so then you're not, congratulations. You're not Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy. What you have done may well be heroic in the very narrow field of wanting to be a Republican in America in 2022, but is also at the same time that it's heroic in that very narrow context is just the bare minimum right. in my opinion right. of, of what it means to do the right thing. And so, yeah, I, I'll listen to you talk and I'm glad that somebody is saying it. Uh, but I, I'm not going to build you a fucking statue or anything along those lines. Uh, at the same time, the way that representative government works is that uh, Liz Cheney does not represent any of the feelings of the right. vast majority of people in the state uh, from which she hails which is Wyoming, and it makes a great deal of sense that she was uh, thrummed out of office. Right. Because there's just the overwhelming majority of the people in Wyoming thinks that she's a crazy person. Which is weird. And, yeah. But that, that right, is which the is right. weird because yeah. the reverse is obviously yeah, yeah. true. But it is the right, you uh, know. The, the fact yeah. is, like, it, it is somewhat important that the crazy people are represented so that we know uh, what it is the fuck that we're dealing with here. And it's that, that's not a bug of our system. It's a feature that Liz Cheney is drubbed out of office. 
in this exact scenario. By the way, uh, there were, I think, 10 members in the House that voted for the impeachment. And it's almost becoming like a, uh, what was that, the Agatha Christie book. And then there were none, kind of. I think we're down to two. Could yeah, everybody else, two. Could everybody else, like, uh, either were they were defeated in the primaries or they just said fuck it i'm not even going to bother <laughs> like uh going to, through the primary process cuz it's going to happen uh like what happened to liz you know like you you're going to lose by a lot and so they said fuck it so i think it's like two left and uh i'm sure those two will so, so, will find i want to hear someone complaining that these senators don't seem to want to work anymore how can we get them to want to work yeah what do you mean just all you hear is people complain. All I hear, it's like, oh, I went to a restaurant, no one was working, and I went to this other place, and no one was working. It's like, yeah, their jobs sucked, yeah, so they quit, <laughs> right? And the people, uh, by the way, same who, thing here. The people who, uh, not to stereotype, but the people who uh, make those kind of complaints, I suspect that they make it the jobs even harder for the people. Like it seems like they're very like difficult people to begin with. I mean, to be fair to the people that I'm talking about. Not all of them. They're complaining to me, okay. not to the manager. All right. All right. Philosophy class with Abe in uh, 30 seconds or less. Abe, this past week, Norway euthanized a beloved 1,300-pound oh. walrus. Wow. There's this walrus, and it was showing up in the harbor where all the boats are parked in the water there, and the walrus was leaping or, or, or like breaching oh. out of the surface of the water and landing on these boats and uh, doing great deal of property damage and was a threat to the health and safety of people who insisted on taking fucking selfies with the fucking walrus who was doing property damage. <laughs> and walruses have been known to drag human beings under the water and drown them because they're uh, not fucking with, massive animals. Not with don't malice, right? Very much. They're just kind of dumb. No, and, just because yeah, they're yeah. dumb no, and scared and bad. Yeah. Right, they're just walruses. Yeah. Uh, but the the harbor master or whoever the fuck there was like, hey, we gotta do something about this walrus. And ultimately, <laughs> Norway Norway killed the walrus. Abe, did yeah. did they do the right thing? So uh, my longstanding position is uh, I'm I'm against cruelty, but I'm not against death. I'm um, neutral, leaning towards death. So I am 100% with this plan. Like, hey. I'm sure they gave this uh, thing uh, ample opportunity to, to correct their behavior. They did not. Awesome. What are you going to do? So Don't they... reason with the 1,300-pound walrus. That's for <laughs> goddamn sure. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Just head on over to the website, uh, brainiron.com, castironbrains.com, for a show note where you can... You can helpful links out to the to the Twitterverse where you can find Put us. A link for SandCloud down there. Yeah, stick a. They haven't paid me for anything, but Lori wants to promote this towel I that she bought. I just really like it. Uh, opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. He's in a rock and roll band called Tetramer. T e t r a m e r music dot com. Find them there, Abe. We were. Busy being at the beach and playing silly board games. We literally didn't have the TV in the room where we were hanging out. Oh, yeah, we really? didn't even have a television to turn on in order to watch things. So we didn't watch anything. You, on the other hand, I understand, 
uh, made it out to the movies and indulged in the great content, Ma. What did you do? So I uh, I went to go see a few movies. Uh, some of them were not very good. Uh, I'm just going to focus on a couple. Uh, one was I went to go see Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Uh, mm-hmm. and How was that? It's another it, one that seems right up my alley that I would enjoy the shit out of it, based on the, on the trailers. It didn't get a lot of uh, good reviews on the Rotten Tomato score, uh, but it is an implausible, ridiculous movie, but if you get past all that, a fun movie. A fun movie on a train. Yes. Everything kind of connects Sounds to... great. So know. this is similar to the way that you described The Gray Man, which I despised. <laughs> now, is this better? It's better. Will I enjoy this more than The Gray Man? It's better, because there's a few scenes in this one where it's like, oh, come on. That was like a tra- train del- derailment and a violent at very high speed. This is like one of those Tokyo trains uh, going very fast, uh, and uh, everybody survives. Bullet, fast as a bullet, and everybody survived, and there was no problem, and nobody makes a comment. And, like there's a lot of scenes like that. It was like, oh come on, that that's not possible. Right. Uh, so at least for that, it's fun. Uh, the other movie I went to go see was it's the 40th anniversary of uh, that ET movie, and yeah. they uh, were showing it at, at the IMAX, the nearest IMAX for AMC to me for some reason, is in Kennesaw. And this theater is a very old theater. I think it was probably it probably opened when this movie came out because, uh, and I think I've been here before. I felt like deja vu. I get my large soda and uh, the cup holders are all like old school. Like too small this shit for the is large. Way too, <laughs> this cup that you have yeah. is way too big. And also the IMAX screen is like slightly bigger than a regular screen. But once you clear that hurdle, Great movie. I um, throughout the movie, I, I is your fault, but uh, throughout the movie, I'm like, where the? I wonder if I'm watching the walkie-talkie version or the regular <laughs> version. Uh, yeah. And it was a regular version, but there was like a scene that came at the end where the uh, the cops, you know, maneuver their vehicles to try to stop these bicyclists, kids, right before they right. take off. Um, and they had like Boilers. shotguns. I'm like, how, were there walkie-talkies in the? I want to see the walkie-talkie version now. How do you? So the 2000, the 2002 version. Yeah, they digitally erased the shotguns wow. and the rifles, <laughs> and they replaced them with just the handheld walkie-talkies. Which, by the way, and obviously we praised this movie at great length last week or the week before or what have you, and so we don't need to go back into it again. But in that in that moment in that scene, did you not? And rarely do I find myself in any Spielberg movie taken out of the narrative because something on screen is happening that I want to be different. Okay. But the cops know that they are, it's not a semi truck that they're trying to stop. It's not a a large car (laughs) or or an otherwise (laughs) thing that takes up a great deal of space. In fact, it's just some wild teens on bicycles (laughs) with an alien creature in the front basket. And so if you're using your cars to block them, you put the fronts of the cars together in the middle of this street, All right. not conveniently eight feet apart from one another in the hopes that the, that the chevron shape of the cars <laughs> will deter them from driving just easily right through them. And by the way, it would have made a better moment. Right. Sorry, Stephen. I know uh, you can't go back. You, can't, you don't want to fix something from 40 years ago because it would be wrong. <laughs> but if the cars are together and then E.T. lifts them up over the cars, that's a better shot. That's a better scene. Right. Instead, they drive sort of right through. And as they're going through the middle of the cars, E.T. lifts them up into the sky. Oh. 
completely unnecessarily, right. as it turns out, because they've just gone right. through the so-called barricade Did that the cry? police have assembled. No. Yeah, I <laughs> cried like crying? a fucking baby. <laughs> not you. Did oh, you cry? No, I, uh, no I, I thought it was... Uh, uh, I, I did not realize this uh, alien has a lot of power. First, it was just the one kid, and now he's got enough power to lift all of his friends, too. Like, this kid, this alien thing yeah. is pretty, pretty You didn't powerful. cry when they started flying? No, no. I, I, I kind of laughed because the, it just looked kind of funny. I don't know how you don't cry when something starts flying. Well, I'm like 40. I thought if I watched it when I was like 10, maybe. But like, I was like, oh, these no, fucking I kids just, are... <laughs> it doesn't... I'll cry. I cried two weeks ago. Oh. I will cry when things start flying in movies that aren't supposed to fly. <laughs> It was fun, though. You have, you, have, uh, you have any other criticisms of the movie along no, those lines? No criticisms of the movie. The movie was great. I, I just realized I'd never seen Drew Barrymore young. I just know her from, like, David Letterman appearances on. And so it was kind of weird right. seeing her, like, being six. Uh, on the TV... Well, on that, the t- you'll never see her young again. That movie was her... She went from that to, like, 18. Yeah. She's... That, yeah. She was fucked up forever. Right. So. <laughs> uh, Good news, bad news. On the TV front, I... Cl- I was behind on the uh, Anarchist. I think you guys are still an episode from the finale. We but still have one episode to go of the Anarchists, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a rough, rough end for some of those people. Like, Because uh, when, when we talked about it last, I only watched a couple of episodes, and I was asking you guys, like, did anyone die? And you guys were like, oh, a couple. I don't know, quite a few deaths yeah. on that show. Like, all these people. Uh, and, and what's weird is, like, uh, earlier we are talking about the that crazy stabber right and it's weird how some people are just like seeking some sort of like purpose or identity and that seems to be like what a lot of people were there for just like they latch on to like anarchy but they're just like fucked up backgrounds like something happened to them when they're young and they're just fleeing that and they just latch on to any dumb thing like and it did like i always thought oh i can't believe some people believe in this ideology but in fact it seems like they're just kind of like this is like the opposite no, of the normal thing. If they found some other religion, right. then yeah, it would have been that. Any any port in a storm, right? You know? it's yeah, like, it's a lot of that. But man, the, which is the vicious irony of all of these things claiming foundational, fundamental truths when ultimately all of their adherents just sort of stumbled upon them on their worst fucking day, and it like literally, if it had been the door next across the street, then it would have been an entirely different uh, experience of the last right. 40 years. There right. was one character, uh, Nathan, like, I've never seen a character just be, like, just obnoxiously gleeful at the top uh, of the uh, six-part documentary, and then the wheels just completely fall off by the end. Like Is Nathan... The husband. The husband. Nathan's the husband of who, the blonde chick, Yeah, right? who gets who elbowed we out seen from the... In, yeah. Right, so we haven't seen interviewed in real time yeah, like, there's uh, a reason for, for this that. documentary. <laughs> and I, so I expect... This is why I've been waiting to find out, like, so what's this fucking deal? He must... the, the His body must still be to come one way or another. Uh-huh. And I'm <laughs> looking forward to seeing the, the finale. Didn't Now, you're, you're alighting one important film that you watched this week, which I saw the trailer for. It was the trailer for the movie uh, Bodies, yes. Bodies, Bodies. Right. I looked at the trailer, and as I said to you earlier today, I watched it. It's only two minutes long, but somehow I aged 15 years <laughs> just in watching the, the trailer for that movie. It's the same feeling of, like, very awkward disconnect that I feel when I watch any clips from the Euphoria show. Yeah, it's like, oh no, right? Oh, no, you're way too young and you, and way too wild right. for me. 
I'm too old for this. And uh, that's Pete. Also, by the way, yeah, Pete Davidson, Pete. you're fucking too old yeah. for that. Yeah, you don't belong in this story. There's just another guy that's that too trailer. old for that too. Like, uh, think something Pace, Lee Pace. But uh, I went uh, in my defense without watching the trailer and uh, looking at the Rotten Tomato score and uh, fuck the Rotten Tomato score because it's wrong. Uh, one last quick thing: uh, honorable mention, Better Call Saul series finale happened this past week. Great, great show. They stuck the landing. That's all I gotta say. So, Breaking Bad is uh, is an A plus show, yes. right? In my opinion, yes. Is this equal to, better than, or not quite live up to uh, the the show that it sprung? From? I mean, come on, is, Breaking Bad a- is an amazing show. This would be like an A, I guess, if you're gonna give uh, Breaking Bad an A plus. Uh, what was it, Teddy Roosevelt? Uh, what do you say? Comparison is a thief of joy. Like, uh, it's not good to compare. Yeah, I'm, I, not, I, I'm just saying, yeah. like, because. I thought Breaking Bad also stuck the landing, even if, like, ultimately landings are never, like, I think, so what's funny is that without having seen even more than, so I think I saw the the pilot for the Better Call Saul show and then never went back to it, and I'm going to, now that it's done, I'm going to go ahead and we'll make a point of watching it this right. fall or something, but my feeling was that you could stick the landing better in this one because the the story has already been told, right? right? And that ultimately, the landing, no matter how neat and tidy they need to make it for this one particular show, the landing was stuck already yeah. in Breaking Bad. Right. And so you, you, you almost, you've taken away a lot of the pressure of what has to happen for this show to right. work because, right. yeah, you've already written the whole back half of it. Right, and also it, it starts before the Breaking Bad era and it ends yeah. after, so you find out what happens right. after. Uh, also, the, it, like, uh, whatever, spoiler. Uh, uh, the They... When when the show picks uh, catches up to the Breaking Bad era, there was like an episode or two where they show some of the characters from the Breaking Bad era, right? Even though in right. their in their current age, which is kind of weird. But um, Walter White is such a great character. There's no such character on Better Call Saul that's as good as that. So there's yeah. that's why it's kind of untouchable. Breaking Bad. Anyway, I don't think we uh, have anything to add tonight. Abe, you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will talk to you next time. Later. Always wondering why I was into sports Oh mom Was always wondering why I was staying after school I'm into sports mom And also I'm In the locker room with the boys I'm in the shower And I drop the soap Every time Homo uh-huh, 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 homo. No one knows a homo like us.
we love homos. Lesbians are cool, and straights are fool. Lesbians rule their scene, but the homos are the coolest of the cool homos. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, homos They never knock at my front door They never ring on the phone They always come through the window Through the back door, through the throat Homos, uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh, on the show but bob is acting retarded right not with malice right they're just kind of dumb and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah.